Hello and welcome back. We are recording another edition of the Raining in Ray podcast. And of course, you can't have a Raining in Ray podcast without Ray. So, Ray Jewel, welcome back to the podcast. Well, thanks, Kevin. It's It's been a while. We tried when we were... Last time we were in a car together, yes, but it didn't work for some reason. So yeah, the recording came out horribly. Uh, Unfortunately, that was when we were well, going so to did the to, debate. Yes, so <laughs> yeah, least, we were at least the, the uh, outcome of the debate. So we were driving up to Milwaukee for a gubernatorial debate, Republican candidates, and um, yeah, that did. We recorded two episodes. I thought everything went well, but um, yeah, they didn't record well. Yeah. So anyway. But we are back in the car. This is how we got started with this podcast. It is. The uh, the Raining and Ray feature, anyway. We were up in uh, Wisconsin Dells yep. for a convention when we were both working at Rock County Christian. So, you know, uh, you had the idea, and I'm pretty much game for just about anything yep. you want to do. So. so, yeah, we take our little nerd trips. And- yep. Uh, what we did? I think we did one on the way to the Hoover, the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library. Yeah, we probably did. Uh-huh. And then um, I think we did stuff going to uh, the Reagan stuff down yeah. in down in Dixon. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we're back. So now we are on our way to Madison, Wisconsin, and we are taking part in the second annual Pro Life March on the Capitol. And so I'm excited about that because it's, a, it's an issue I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And uh, this will be the first, I, I, I'm guessing last year, I didn't take part in this last year, but um, last year I don't think they had any idea that by the time they'd be doing the next one, Roe v. Wade would be history. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know that anybody would have foresaw no. that. I, I didn't see that in I, my lifetime. Me either. I, I was really... Pleasantly surprised by that. It so, on the way thing. back, we'll probably talk a lot more about that. And uh, yeah. maybe we'll record something while we're there if we find some speakers that are interesting. Right. Uh, some interesting folks out there. Maybe some protesters. I don't know if there'll be protesters today. But it is Madison. Yeah, Madison likes to protest. So, alright, but we're going to do a raining and ray here on the way. And just a few minutes ago, I put out there. Uh, if you have any questions, go ahead and, and pop it in there on Facebook. And of course, we get one person who responds. The one, the only. <laughs> the one, the only, Jesse Kanop. Yeah. So, Jesse, I don't know, I guess I'm supposed to be nice to him, because technically he's he's in a pastoral role over me at Faith Community, but I find it hard to swallow, to swallow that, to respect <laughs> that. Um, I mean, we, we got to have some low standards of faith. Yes, he's going to be considered a pest. But he was, last night, he was at your place of employment. He was at Chick-fil-A. He was at Chick-fil-A, doing his music. Doing his music from 5 to 7. I had other things to do. And so if you if you heard what sounded like a dying animal, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway... So Jesse's got a couple of questions, and Ray, do you have those? I do. Let me get back to them there. All right, because I'm driving, and I don't want to kill us. I almost did already. Yeah. Trying to fix this little machine. Now, yeah. So the last time we did this, I tried it on my little Zoom mic. It didn't work. Oh, but then I, I, I did an experimental podcast, which you guys will hear listen uh, 
later um, with one of my former students, you know, um, Daniel, Daniel Leach. Oh, sure. And um, so we were driving around. How's he doing? He's doing all right. He's in Bible college. Very good. And he's, uh, I think, what's junior year now? Wow. Um, so he's down there in Oklahoma. But, all right. So what are what are Jesse had like what four questions? Four questions. Okay, um, what's the what's the first? Well, let's one? let's do this. Let's do this first. Okay. Fried cheese curds versus nachos, and why? Nachos because cheese curds are nasty. I tend to agree with you. Wow. I oh no, I don't like cheese curds. Oh, I hate cheese curds. Never heard, never have. I mean, yeah, I'm from Wisconsin, but I'd much rather have nachos than See, cheese curds. I'm not from Wisconsin. I don't. And when my wife said, you've got to try these, because she's from Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And they are, and she said, the good ones really squeak. That's okay, right that's there. <laughs> right there, it was like, no. Squeaky cheese, no, I don't think so. No, no. Dog toys squeak, <laughs> not food. Um, and I tasted one like, yeah, this tastes like the, the top of an eraser, you know. <laughs> Draw a pencil. It just has the same consistency. Yeah, it's just oh no. And the, even the fried ones with the yeah no. I mean we just got we just uh, Ray and I just got out of Culver's. Yep. And they're famous for their cheese curds. Yep. Um, Neither one of us got them. No. No. Definitely not. No. No. Anyway. So definitely nachos. So Ray, what do you put on your nachos? Oh, I don't know. Probably, I like. I like like taco meat and yeah. cheese. Probably some lettuce just to satisfy my wife. Oh no, 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 lettuce, no, no, lettuce. no, no. What do you put on yours? Okay. It depends on the mood I'm in. So sometimes uh, there was this there's this restaurant in Rockford and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. And they had this dish, this appetizer. I used to always get there called it was just pizza nachos. Mm. So they had these nachos, and you had mozzarella cheese on it, mm-hmm. like something like like a pizza sauce. Throw some pepperonis on there, bake it. That was great. Uh-huh. So sometimes I do that. Okay. Other times, I'll do some baked cheese, taco like a, like a walking taco type of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but most of the time, I like to get the like the hot nacho, like jalapeno. Cheese sauce and dip it. There. You can have it. I'm not a. I'm not a spice person. See, I no. I'm normally not, but when it comes to the nachos, mm-hmm. I'm, okay. I'm going there. As long as you got some something cool to drink, right yeah, after it gets yes. in the mouth. But so I'll, I'll, I'll say this as we're just talking. La- no, two nights ago, we finally did at our house the one chip challenge. If you look the the one chip challenge, I am not. Okay, well, you could buy this at the store. It's supposed to be the hottest chip you can legally buy. Mm. And it's only one chip. And so, Tony, my son Tony, my oldest son, 15-year-old son, said he wanted to do it. He likes hot and spicy stuff. He thinks I'm a whip because I I can't take as much as he does. And, oh, boy, he tried it. He can only get halfway through the one chip. He was crying, doubled over in pain, and we recorded it, of course. Hey, of course. Out of respect, I'm not going to post it. But my younger boys were very concerned. They thought Tony was dying. Um, and he was guzzling down some milk after. 
Um, and even the next morning, he said, Dad, I just feel like my stomach's on fire. So, um, if you don't like, you shouldn't try that. I, I didn't. Yeah. Like, I, I got a little bit on my fingers as I handed it to him, and my fingers fell out. So, it was like, yeah, no, I, I would never do that. So, wow. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. It's too hot. Way too hot. <laughs> okay, shall we move on to yes. the next? Next question. Um... Well, I don't know which one to go with. Let's go. We'll just go at the beginning here. Where did the canon of Scripture come from? Okay. So well, I'm teaching New Testament survey this year. All right. And so I've gone over this a little bit with my students, at least for the New Testament. But um, this is off the top of my head because we're driving. <laughs> I don't have books in front of me. But basically, I'll cover the New Testament. I mean, the Old Testament canon was pretty much a settled issue. Right. Um, there's not much debate about that. But then when you come to the New Testament, so you have, obviously, Christ is, is speaking to his disciples, and his disciples are listening. Um, but, you know, they're not walking around with, you know, recorders. They're not walking around with a notebook and pencil or whatever. And so Jesus promises in, in John and other places, um, you know, John 13, 14 or so, he says the Holy Spirit will come. And when he comes, he's going to remind you of all the things that I've taught you. Yeah. And so when the disciples sit down to actually write these accounts, um, they are aided by the Holy Spirit. We call that inspiration, doctrine of inspiration. And so the Holy Spirit inspires them to write out these accounts. Or, you know, if you're writing, if you're Paul, you're writing these epistles. And you're inspired of God to write down, using your own background, vocabulary, whatnot. It wasn't just a, a wooden dictation type of thing. Um, kind of like, have you ever seen Independence Day? Yeah. Independence Day 2, you've got this phenomenon where all of a sudden these people are, you know, aliens have somehow in, uh, invaded their bodies and they're writing stuff down that they don't even know what they're writing. And so that's not what we're we, but but the Holy Spirit inspired the authors to write in their own language, their own vocabulary, their own style. Um, and, they, and they wrote those things and sent them off to different churches. And so these churches would copy what they got, and they would recognize that Paul is an apostle, and they recognize his authority. Peter recognized Paul's authority. And so they would write these out. And so knowing where they would, it would come from, they would copy these things and then circulate them around. And uh, you even have, you know, Luke who, who claims that um, not only just inspiration, but he's actually studied this out and he's done his research. And so they're writing and they're copying and copying and copying and copying and copying and copying. And so the New Testament begins to be spread. But then you've got the problem. You've got other books being written. Um, but books, th these other books weren't written in for a couple hundred years, though. Well, some of them, I mean, like, like there were early church authors like Clement well, yeah. and Ignatius and you know, books like the Didache that were great, and they were being spread around, but they weren't scripture. Right. And then you have, as you said, uh, even sometimes hundreds of years later, you have things like the Gospel of Thomas, and we call it the Gnostic Gospels, the Apocalypse of Peter and other books. And, uh, if, you, if you watch, like, A&E on cable, the lost books of the Bible. Right. Well, they weren't lost, but they were rejected. Um, and, and Nicaea had nothing to do with it, by the way. 
So, getting back to our story. So then you have, how do you know which is authoritative and which isn't? So, you start to see the early church accepting some books and rejecting others. And you start to see lists developing. Um, early church father would publish lists of books that they were using. And you had a couple of church councils, and they're basically just recognizing these were books that were that were universally across the known world at that time accepted by the church. And they were accepted because the authors were either apostles or closely connected to the apostles. Exactly. You know, Luke, Luke was uh, Paul's companion. Mark was uh, Peter's companion. Right. Uh, and Matthew and John were yeah, they apostles were there. themselves. Uh, and that's true of every book even if you want to question the authorship of Revelation, whether that was John the Apostle or not, the person who wrote that was associated with the Apostles. Yeah. And, I mean, and had a very, very amazing understanding of the Old Testament. Right. You know, somebody just posted this week that uh, there are more Old Testament references and allusions in the book of Revelation than the rest of the New Testament Mind. Now that's interesting. I didn't realize yeah. that. I, well, I didn't really realize that either, but it, 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 I know it does a lot. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's, you know, but the, again, I think what Kevin was saying uh, with the, uh, the acceptance of these books was done by consuls, but after years right. of developing them and they were the approved, the ones that people were accepting as authoritative right. not like well they picked and choose at the council right. they were just approving something I mean you have the grand conspiracy at Nicaea that Constantine gathered all these books together and burnt them so that no one well here's the problem and this is what I love about the fact that uh, why I, one of the reasons why I believe the New Testament is reliable is that you have all these copies of copies of copies being circulated and they were going across the known world at that time, so there was not one place where you could gather all of the books together and just burn them, and then they just disappear forever. It would have been absolutely impossible. Right. That's why, I mean, we have, uh, I believe the number is somewhere around 5,400 different manuscripts of the, of the New Testament, or parts of the New Testament. Yeah. Um, and early on, I mean, the, right. the earliest parchment was like 125 AD. And, and there's, there's... And that's, you know, 30 years after right. because it's a part of the Gospel of John I believe the, the earliest <laughs> parchment and it's, it, you know, compare it and you want to compare that to other historical writings it's, the textual uh, validity of the New Testament is astounding right. compared to we might have 5 or 6 or 7 copies of Plato or Right, I mean, you're talking about, in terms of other books of antiquity of that time, uh, Caesar's Gaelic Wars, uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey by Homer, and, and others like that, there's no comparison. There, there is no other comparison to uh, any other book of that time. So if we trust the authorship of any other book written during that time, we have to trust the New Testament. So... Um, Jesse, that's our kind of rambling answer to your question. Well, that's what we do. And I'm glad, Jesse, that you come to us for your questions. 
because um, I know these are not questions that you just want to hear. You, you, you don't know the answer to these questions. And um, Is it that, or is he just trying to stump us? No, I think he actually doesn't know a lot. Oh. And I think it's good that he comes to us, uh, his elders. You might want to be careful. <laughs> you, you may not want to come to you anymore. You're going to treat him like that. All right, here we go. Here's another one. Are we supposed to call out false teachers and teachings and teachers, or just ignore them and commit to teaching truth as a means to combat heresy? So, how would you answer that, Rick? Because I've got a definite answer. <laughs> Both, in a way. I mean, obviously, when it's blatant and when it's so popular. Yeah. Um, prosperity gospel. I mean, there are a lot of people in the church that think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, it just flies in the face of Scripture. Um, you know, Mr. Olstein has, has said... You named a name. Basically, he... Well, I, I showed respect, almost. <laughs> uh, he has come out and said, I don't have to re- listen to what the Bible has to say. Yeah. Because I got this direct line with God, and he's telling me to say this and do this, and then... I've never heard Osteen say that. Well, but yeah, there, there are a lot of them who do, though. Yeah, he... But, at the end, I, but again, I don't listen to him very often. Well, I don't either. I just... I get the highlights. <laughs> Other highlights? Okay, lowlights. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, you definitely want to make a stand against false teaching. Uh, but you got to be uh, loving and gentle about it. Yeah. Um, not like us. <laughs> not like us when we're interacting with each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you could destroy a church by combating falsehood in an ungodly way. Yeah. Um, I've seen it happen. And, um, you know, it's, it's just... Jesus would have us to be gentle. Now, Jesus had a pretty good way of being gentle with people he was rebuking. But he wouldn't back down from it. Yeah. And that, Jesse, you know this. I mean, that's what I'm going to try to model my approach to people after how Jesus did it, how the apostles did it. Paul did it to Peter. Yeah. Um, but, again, I, I say this often, but it, it really bears repeating, any kind of discipline, the point of discipline is to bring about restoration. Right. Right. And how can you restore somebody if you're really nasty to them? Yeah. (laughs) They're they're, going to get up their cackles and leave. Probably spread some bad stuff about that church. Yeah. So So I'm going to agree with you in that there are times you need to call people up by name. There are, there are, there are false teachers out there. I think it, it's... What I don't like are, like, people like you and me. I'm not... <laughs> you know, the podcast people. The, uh, the quote-unquote discernment ministers. Oh, that yeah. want to pick apart every person and every message. And every, I don't want to be that. Right. Um, but I think as a pastor... I mean, I'm not a pastor. You are. Right. Um, you have to... You, you are charged with taking care of the sheep. And part of that is keeping away the wolves. Yep. And so I think if there's a particular heresy or the particular false teaching, 
that's affecting your church, you have an obligation to call it out. And if there are certain people behind that, certain false teachers that have influenced that church, then yeah, it's good to call them out as well. And um, I've, I've had to do that before. Yeah. And, and frankly, people didn't understand what I was doing. And... Well, that's because what, you were mispronouncing you, my name. Well, what are, you, what are you chasing people out of our church for? Well, because this is not yeah. scriptural. Right. I mean, if it's one thing if somebody is voicing an opinion. It's another when they're making it sound like their opinion is the only right. answer. And when that, especially if it's affecting an issue like salvation, something like that, if it's causing division in the church, it has to be addressed. But I don't think there's an obligation to go after every single false teaching that's out there. No. Uh, and you don't want to... You'd be wasting a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, Jesus doesn't tell us, go get rid of the false teachers. He says, go and make disciples of right. every nation. And and so we have to be careful because that, that can consume your whole ministry. Mm-hmm. And there are ministries that get consumed with that. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, as you said, making disciples, they're spending all of their time... Uh, and and that I think that also cultivates a mindset that is unhealthy, where you're constantly looking for mistakes in others. Um, and you also want to be careful of not introducing new heresies into the church that people haven't thought of, and like, oh, wow, maybe that, you know. So I, I you want to be careful with it, but I think you have to do it from time to time. Right, and always let Scripture be your guide. Right. Or spiritual people who you can trust. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I have uh, people that if I have questions about this kind of thing, I I will ask somebody who's would have a better take on it or a, a take from the outside looking in on it. Right. Instead of you know me being caught up in the moment, I need an outside voice that can look at it objectively because you, you know, you're right in the middle of something right. and you, you, right. you can't avoid your emotions becoming a part of that. Yep. And we want to be as dispassionate. I mean, we want to be passionate for the word, but we want to be as dispassionate as possible when we're dealing with other people. Absolutely. Uh, in order to show them compassion. Yes. So, all right. I, I think that, I think with that, that question we can we nailed that one. All I don't right. know about the canon one, but we did, we nailed that one. Okay, there's one last one that you had here. Is the Antichrist an individual person, or is it a group mentality of many people? It's a person, and it's Joe Biden. <laughs> Next question. No, no, I'm just kidding. I don't think Joe Biden is competent enough to be the Antichrist. <laughs> so... Uh, but anyway, why don't you give an intelligent answer? Um, you know, frankly, people people want to talk about the Antichrist. It's really not dealt with much in Scripture. It's not. It's not. Should not be a main emphasis of anybody's theology. Yeah. Um, when it is talked about, it's usually talked about in terms of the end times, which we frankly have been in the end time since Jesus came and died and rose again. I don't think I took the right turn here. I wouldn't know. You're supposed to know where you're going. <laughs> um, 
But the Antichrist. I think we still get there from here, but okay. I don't think this is. Well, this isn't you the know, you got day. plenty of time. It's only twelve thirty-five. You got almost yeah. an hour. Uh, the the Antichrist is a thought, whether it's a person or embodied in people, or that is against the against Christ. I mean, that's that's what the word means. Antichrist against Jesus. So, you know. Is that going to be embodied in one person? Or we've had plenty of antichrists. You know, we've had plenty of people who have been in opposition to Christ's church. Unfortunately, sometimes and, and in, in churches. I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's commonly, that's the most, that's, that's the way the New Testament uses the word the most, right. antichrist. Not referring to the antichrist, but right. the spirit of antichrist. Right. Um, John warns us about a lot, and that's simply anyone who opposes yeah. The actual Christ. Well, and then some people want to make a distinction between the man of lawlessness and the Antichrist. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, but again, man of lawlessness, it's just... I, that could be descriptive of anybody who goes against the, the things of God. Right. And that's where we... Again, we could get wrapped up in looking for this person yep. or, or to come... As a sign that the end is near. Right. Well, you know, having studied this stuff a lot in my seminary days and since, and have been involved in panels about it and whatnot, I am still convinced that you know the end times are here. Um, we need to be living the way Christ wants us to live. We need to be living expectantly of His return. Yeah. Uh, the best way I've ever heard to describe it is the already, not yet. Yeah, you know, and the, I, I agree. Victory has already been won. The finality of it, the, the reward has not yet happened. And uh, Jesus warns us about looking for signs and expecting signs. Uh, he, when he was still on earth, he said, I don't even know when I'm coming back. Now, I'm convinced he knows now, and uh, since he's ascended and stuff. He, he, he's not in the dark about that anymore, but when he was in human form, he, he was. So if Jesus didn't know, who are we to think that we can figure it out? Yeah, you know, I, I sent, I, I, I posted this uh, TikTok video. I think you saw it. Well, there's the capital, so oh, we're going yeah. right away. Yeah, um, you did but, fine, yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, saw, I thought it was hilarious. It, it's 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 always, you know, we we've been predicting the end since the beginning. Since the beginning, yeah. yeah. Since the time, uh, since the time of Jesus, I mean, the apostles, I think, generally thought he was coming back in their lifetime. Right. Um, you know, you look at Second Thessalonians, and, and they had thought they missed it. Mm -hmm. um, and Paul told them, no, 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 you haven't missed it, but it's coming. And, you know, every generation seems to have that. In, in my lifetime, I remember, you know, it was the um, barcodes. Uh -huh. Barcodes on, on on items that you buy at the store—that's a sign. That's like almost like a mark of the beast. And of course, more recently, we knew that the um, <laughs> the the jab, the the COVID shot, is the mark of the beast because yeah. you could buy and sell without it. So I mean, that's that's the end. Of that. There's always something, you know. I remember there was a big push years ago that like it was the generation that would have passed away after 1948 that means it's going to become, mm -hmm. you know, the anti or, 
you know, 88 reasons why the Raptors going to come in 1988. Yeah. Um, or, you know, there's always, it, it, it's the war in Afghanistan. It's the war in Iraq. It's the whatever. And I, I remember in uh, the early 90s, in the first Gulf War, my pastor pulling out passages of Isaiah about burning oil fields. And that was what Saddam Hussein was doing. And so, therefore, the Jesus is coming. Let's wait. Um <laughs> You know, I'm at the point now where it's just like, you know what? Jesus is coming when he's coming. Yeah. And my focus isn't on the Antichrist, but it's on Jesus Christ. And 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 that's where I I need to be focused. And, hey, if I'm wrong, I mean, I don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, or I don't even know if I believe in tribulation, but um, if it happens, great. I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, But all right, I think... I think that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Because we are, we are. I can see the the Madison Capitol right in front of us. Yeah. I just got to find parking somewhere, and so uh, I think. Do we have any more questions from Jesse? We do not, unless he sent something since this original, and it doesn't look like it. So. No. So, um, but Jesse, feel free to ask us more questions because there's a lot you don't know, and <laughs> and we're more than willing to tell you. Yes, all about we it. we know many things that you don't, and so. You have come to the experts, the experts in the... No. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, so this has about been just about 30 minutes. So we're going to wrap this up. So thanks for joining us. Come back next week, and uh, we'll have maybe something about this pro-life march. But we'll, we'll do, we're going to do another episode, at least on the way home, maybe while we're sitting there in Madison. Um, but anyway, until next week, check out the website, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. And check us out on Facebook. Join the Facebook group. We've had um, one of your friends posting a lot of, about uh, Leviticus. Yeah. Um, Stephen. Um, and Chapman. Yeah. And he pastors a multi-ethnic church in Chicago. Chicago, yeah. So that's worth checking out. Yeah. And then uh, maybe someday maybe we'll start the blog again when life settles down a little bit. Uh, um, or maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And, but, and now that i got a new computer, it might be a little bit easier to do. We'll see. But then check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Basic Bible Cast. So until next time, have a good rest of your week.